16 million children in Nigeria are vulnerable to being sexually abused. Children are abused by people known to them. 90% of them are family members, people that they know. Some children, they are being abused by their father. Statistics shows that a child that has been abused is likely to be 10 times abused by the time that child is 18. Learn the facts. Minimize the opportunity for the abuse to occur. Talk about it. Learn the sign. Then the fifth one, react responsibly. So when a child that is usually gentle becomes aggressive, the child is being rude to a particular adult. Those are signs you need to really look out for. Welcome to Be Inspired with Umela Bate, a place to be to be educated, enlightened, motivated, and most importantly, to be inspired. One in five women and one in 30 men report having been sexually abused as a child. One 20 million girls and young women under 20 years of age have suffered some form of forced sexual contact. One in five children are solicited sexually while on the internet before the age of 18. Why 30% of sexually abused is never reported? And nearly 70% of all reported sexual assaults occur to children aged 17 and under. 90% of the child sexual abuse victims know the perpetrator in some way. Approximately 20% of the victims of sexual abuse are under age 8. 95% of sexual abuse is preventable through education. 38% of the sexual abusers of boys are female. There is a worse lasting emotional damage when a child's sexual abuse started before the age of hate and lasted for several years. Among child and teen victims of sexual abuse, there is a 42% increased chance of suicidal thoughts during adolescence. What is the world doing about it? And how to ensure a child has a voice and want to prevent it? That brings us to Sese Foundation. Mrs. Grace, I'm so happy to have you here. I'm really happy because uh, what we want to discuss is something that I, I take so personal because of these children. However, I really want to understand how CC Foundation come about. Okay, so the Chichiya Foundation was established in 2016 mm -hmm. by our funder trustee, Mrs. Um, uh, The desire to establish this foundation came after she found out the statistic conducted by UNICEF in 2014, where it stated that one in every four girls are likely are abused by, before they get to the age of 18, and that one in every 10 boys have been abused before they got to the age of 18. And um, if we do a projection, it means that 16 million children in Nigeria are, are vulnerable to being sexually abused. With that huge number of children, mm -hmm. we have a damaged children. There's no way you have a, a, a balanced society when they become an adult. So it's driven by that passion, she decided to establish a foundation that will, prov that will provide intervention and support to children. Not just provide the support, but in a child-friendly way to ensure that every child that has gone through this experience do not have to go through it again. 
and also prevent other children that have not gone through this experience to keep them safe. And um, but as she was growing up, she grew up in the, she had some experience in the UK where um, they established a child helpline where children can call to report any form of abuse or concern. And she said the date was established, the date was launched, 50,000 children called the line. In fact, in the UK that the line got to a state that the lines were blocked, they oh were jammed. God. And so she was like, wow, if this is happening here, that she, she had the dream of establishing a similar facility in Nigeria where children can call uh, without any fear of discrimination, any fear of intimidation. They are comfort zone to call to report any form of concern. Amazing. That is so great. That is so great. How, uh, what are the processes? Can you please explain? How can a child make a complaint? Okay, so we have our child, our toll-free child helpline. Mm -hmm. It's 0-800-800-801. Actually, before we, we established the child helpline, we conducted the survey. Mm -hmm. And part of the survey, children, those students, we, apply, uh, we applied the questionnaire to said they want a comfort zone where they can call and they are free to uh, they are free to talk about any concern. Mm -hmm. This survey was conducted in Lagos State. We also uh, applied the survey to adults as well. Adults said they would want a space where some children cannot talk to their parents. Right. So they would want a space where children can express. It's better for children to express mm -hmm. than to allow them to become destructive. So that was how we started. And a lot of them said they would they would want the child plan to be free. That children, some children are not very um, lucky to have parents Absolutely. to give them phones. Mm -hmm. So they want children to call, not at their own cost, but we bearing the cost. Adults may also call the child helpline. Although we have a line dedicated to the adult, but for adults that don't have credit and they want to report abuse that have been. So, as at what point can a child uh, make a complaint? Okay, so if the child have concern, so if the child is uncomfortable, the truth is, is a new, is innovative, and um, children would want to test water. It's a new initiative to them, really. Somebody's going to pick my call and talk to me. Not just like a child, but try to look at it from my own perspective. So they can just go, oh, you said this line is free. And they will switch off the, the line. I guess they will go and check to see if their credit was deducted. They find out that their credit mm. was not deducted. And the fact that the question or the intervention they required, at that very moment, we're like, we're going to, every child counts. We are going to respond to every child and ensure that they are satisfied by the time they leave the child helpline. So you have them telling other friends, some of them calling on behalf of their friend. Mm -hmm. I have a friend, stays here, and I've seen marks and bruises all over the child's body. I'm sure it's the mother. But this child, um, the child that has the bruises, never knew that they, the other child would call on his or her behalf. Mm -hmm. And so that's how it all started. And um, I can say when we started at first, we didn't have much calls, but to date, we've had over 16,000 calls, children calling to report, to ask for information, 
for referral. How are you creating the awareness, by the way? So the awareness, we looked at how we could get the children and basically is working with schools. So we work in collaboration with Ministry of Education where we have the approvals to go to, um, to public schools to teach children and to talk about our child helpline. And the fact that for um, private schools, we engage them using our social media platform, writing letters, um, meeting them one-on-one -on -one to explain what we have at the back of our mind, telling them as well that our, our, our training targeting children are, are, are appropriate. We don't mention the word sexual abuse. What we talk about is um, body boundaries, being assertive, such that no um, religious organization, nobody would criticize us trying to say that we are exposing them, their children to inappropriate um, content. So basically, we tell you what we want to do. If you want um, us to do a, 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 how do I say, some highlight before the training, mm -hmm. for you to know the content of our document, we are always free to do it. And interestingly, we've had religious um, organizations calling us to say, we want you to do this training. And we have them also referring to other organizations. So, for example, the Catholic Church, that we, we conducted some training. We have them, the fathers, reaching to other fathers, saying, your children need to listen to this. This is very, very this is a very good um, material for I mean, them to so listen another to. Another question that I, that uh, this one is something that's happening everywhere. A child is abused and then they reported to the parents and the parents kind of dialed the whole situation down. A child called you. How does your organization, your foundation to say, to intervene to enable that child to speak up without interference of her parents? Okay, so the child can call. Um, where the parent is the non-offending family member will work with the parent. So, for example, if the parent is also the offending family member, because children are prone, um, children are abused by people known to them, 90% of them are family members, people that they know, that even the parent knows. So, what we do is this, if the parent is the offending family member, what we do is to, um, we work with the Ministry of, um, Ministry of Youth and Social Development and then um, we are registered, we have the approval, so we work in partnership with them. If we have this kind of situation, would depending on the fact of this case, so there are some cases that need emergency response. So go, if we start going to the ministry to take time, so we depending on the fact of it, if it's a case that needs urgent rescue, we would go, as a matter of fact, document the matter at the nearest police station. We will um, we'll go to the family support unit within the police station and report. This is our deformation reaching us, and we think you need to act immediately. So, where the father is a non, um, the father is offending or the mother is offending, we, we, do, we do not, by, by the virtue of the fact that we are mandated reporter under the legal state safeguarding and child protection policy, what we do is we report to the ministry and say, this is the information reaching us and these are the steps we've taken. So what we do is make sure that the perpetrator is arrested. Mm -hmm. Once the perpetrator is arrested, we follow up with the process to ensure that not just arresting and the matter is not compromised in any way. Mm -hmm. We work with the police mm -hmm. till the matter is charged to court. And we don't just leave the matter at that. The matter is charged to court. We also work with the Ministry of um, Justice to ensure that the, um, the DPP's advice are out, the case is not, um, the cases are, are 
uh, are transferred to the appropriate court and then we will hold watching brief while the matter is on. We ensured, so for example, we've had instances where um, the, the child in this case wanted justice and the mother was saying no. Mm. And the child reached out to us. So we, we have our child therapist that will talk to the mother and explain why and why it's important to ensure that the child has a sense of justice. Because um, before now, we've had opportunity of working with adult sex worker. And um, some of them mm. said, when my father did it, he never paid. So why are you bothered if somebody is paying? So if that child did not have a sense of justice, that child grows up with that mindset. So we explain to the mother that the mother, the child will blame you in the future that you were never there for me when I needed you to support me. So what happened to that child at that process? Um, during the process, the investigation is ongoing. Okay. Some of the child don't want to go back home. Yes. So the truth is, we so during those process, our child therapist will talk to the child mm -hmm. such that the child will be able to live a post-normal life after wow. the abuse. So we there the, the, the are different strategies that the child therapy use, the play therapy, to ensure that the child's as um, healed properly. So we have like eight sessions or eight to 12 sessions. And depending on the, the assignment, the question and answer, the child therapist administer to the child. The, the therapist will be able to say, okay, at this stage, I think the child is able to leave a post. So this, this thing that sexual abuse have destroyed a lot of children. So the extent that they can't forgive themselves. So, Meaning that some of them turn out to be what they never dream of becoming yes. or because of the yes. results of this. So does your foundation provide counseling to those children that are now addicted? So we have our therapist that for every child that has been abused, it is a standard practice that they should see our child therapist. They should assess counseling sessions, basically because um, statistics shows that a child that has been abused is likely to be 10 times abused by the time that child is 18. Mm. So, so when you listen to some children tell you that when I was five, my brother um, had defiled me. When I was seven, my brother, my, my uncle defiled me. Then this driver defiled me. And then you begin to wonder, why is this happening? And some are not careful. They will say, oh, is it only, are you the only child? Why is it that everyone would have, and um, we want to have sex with you? Maybe you have a problem. The truth is that a child that has been defiled, uh, a pedophile can easily identify. It's just like, I, I, I can't really explain, but once a, a, a pedophile comes into an, an environment, the, the pedophile assess the vulnerable ones. And the vulnerable ones are those that have been sexually abused. I don't know whether it's through their mannerism, but they know, and they will go for that child. And basically because that child may have been neglected, and if that child is neglected and nobody is caring, that pedophile will do it, another pedophile will come, will pick, that's that child, and that's how it keeps going. So if you do not empower that child to be assertive, mm -hmm. you do not empower her to tell her that she has a network of trusted adults, people she can talk to, if she feels she's overwhelmed. And so those are the things that the therapist will tell her. Um, um, you need to know that you have friends, you have um, trusted adults. And you should know that those trusted adults are people that have never made attempt to touch you. Those are, so she knows the definition of who a trusted adult are. So those that have made attempt to touch, they are not their trusted adults. Mm -hmm. So they know that at the back of their mind, that no, this can be my my 
my trusted adult. Yeah. Does your organization provide like a free classes, like sex education to children outside school or church and all? Do you have such so programs? For us, any opportunity to talk to children is a welcome development. And now there's a need to be innovative in everything you do. So for example, we also go to camps. So where you have um, camp during summer classes. So we, 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 we do a lot of awareness creation and tell parents and tell and put it on our social media, we will be happy to participate in your summer class. And it doesn't take much to participate in the summer class. All we, all we need to do is just pass the information across. You need to know that you have a trusted adult. You need to be assertive. You need to know you have to reach out when you are overwhelmed. You need to know that you need not to be uh, succumb to peer pressure. Because some of these children would succumb to peer pressure. So, for example, some of them would say, let's take a bet. I can, I can post my nude picture. And so we tell them, most that nude picture is out. Hmm. You can't withdraw it back. So it's important for you to, to know that you don't succumb to peer pressure. And um, we do that through our age-appropriate um, awareness question. So what we tell a five to seven-year-old child okay. is different from what we tell eight to 11-year-old child and different from the way we engage a teenager from 13, from 12 to 17. So there are different approach. We look at how we would engage them and then we have been able to engage them properly. So what the way we would for, for a five to seven-year-old child, we tell them we, we use the, um, the model where we have a video to say where, wherever is covered with your pants, those are your private area and they belong to you. Nobody, you have a right to say no. Mm -hmm. And it's more like a drama. Um, it's called Pantesaurus. We had this um, permission from a non-governmental organization outside the country. I can't remember exactly the name, but we have their permission to use their their videos and their okay. document to train those words. So we have we have the children tracing out the, the pants and telling them that this are your private area. They draw, this area is a no-go area. We even go a step further to tell them the amount is their private part because pedophiles also use, we have a situation where pedophiles would want to kiss, want to insert their pennies in the amount, would want to ask them to, to lick a woman's vagina. So your mouth is your private part. Most children, the truth is that most children that um, I am had access to our training never believe that the mouth is their private part. Okay. But when we then explain, they understand why the mouth is a private part. Is this program free? Yes, at no cost. So how is it accessible? Is it on your website? Okay. If a child like me, I have two girls. Okay. So if I want to enroll them, do okay. I need to have a group of so other children for you, me to enroll them? Yes. So for example, we would want, we would want, we would also, and this is in line with the safeguarding and child protection policy of Lagos State, saying that the adults, the schools, um, the religious, they have a duty to ensure that their, their children are adequately mm -hmm. equipped. So for such children, what you need to do is go through their school where we have large numbers. You know why? It's better to educate their, um, their friends, circles mm -hmm. of friends. Right, right. And these are people mm -hmm. the, ch the children would mix with. So for example, if your child is in a school, talk to the child, I would love this initiative, reach out to this organization, and then we'll do it virtually. 
depending virtual or physical, but taking into consideration the social distancing guideline. But right now it's more virtual. So does maid also have a voice? The maids, uh, maids, maid, house help, okay, so, drivers, so, and all that. So, Do they have a voice? So, for example, for us, our constituencies are children between zero to eighteen. So our, our policies leave no child behind. So for us in the first place, having a child that is a maid that is under 18 is um, a violation of the child's rights. So if we would realize that you will have a maid that is under 18, you, you are not our friends. We would report and ensure you are prosecuted. And because this is what uh, the NAPTI plus says, this is what the child's and rights... Even as a matter of fact, we still have some people that have maybe... Their cousins, their okay, children, the children that they stay with them that come from the village that yeah. they are taking care of. Yeah. All those children, sometimes they were they were being abused, but they are scared to speak up. So if they send them out of the house, would they provide them a shelter? Okay. All those things, yes. they kept on thinking so, about it. So for every child that calls us, we conduct a risk assessment. We understand the fact that some of the children are coming from the village. And so what we try to do, so we've had a lot of cases of children from the village, even not wanting to go back to, uh, to their parents. So the, what we do is work with, um, we work, like I said, we work with um, uh, different shelters. Our, sh our organization provides a three months uh, transitory period where we would where I provide the child with psychosocial support, um, where the child, if we assess the child and ensure that the child is balanced, then we also reach out to other um, other shelters that provide long-term facility. So we are in partnership with Freedom House. Freedom mm -hmm. House is in Lekki. So what they do for ch such children is they ensure that they learn a skill and um, they they provide accommodation oh, until they until until they finally are able to stand on their own. But they provide those support until they are eighteen. So yes, we tell, we, so we also tell um, parents that the, we also we also cancel them. For then we jointly reach a decision. We cancel them and tell them you need to provide the support. It's better for your child to be with you, and uh, you provide those services according to your status in life. So, for example, if if my salary is between, uh, let's say, three hundred thousand. I would not want to take, you can't force me to take my child to a school where they pay 500,000. That is suicidal. Do you understand? So if you protect your child and provide for your child according to your status in life, no courts will blame you for that. So basically, those are the things we, we discuss. We, so based on your foundation, how, what you've seen so far, are we making progress? <laughs> okay, so I would answer by saying that we've not really con uh, conducted any form of research to that effect, but there are a lot of awareness. We have, uh, let me say, between um, the beginning of the year, we have parents that discovered that their child, that their children were sexually abused, and they ask, "I want to know what should I do? I want to ensure that my child recover." So there's this increased awareness. People don't sweep it under the carpet. Some do, but now I we have a crops of we have crops of parents that would ask. I want to help my child. I want to ensure that my child heals adequately, which is not 
what we have before now. Before now, there's a lot of stigmatization. Right. Parents don't want to talk about it. Parents would rather keep quiet. But I've seen parents saying, I want justice. Even when they think we are, we are not working, you find them calling, Madam, when is the next agenda? What are fathers? you doing? There's some children, they are being abused by their father. So, yes. So uh, before now it happened, but because of this, the silence, the culture of silence and stigmatization, nobody talks about it. But now, the wives are talking. Hmm. The wives are talking because for them, they know that if I keep quiet, this child would one day ask me, I was not there for you, were never there for me, and they don't want it to happen. So some parents would not want to uh, um, have the man um, um, uh, criminal proceedings instigated against the, the father, but what they would do, they would rather move with the child out of that space, and they'll tell the father, if you dare move near this child, hmm. I'm going to ensure that the matter is reported and everything. But some of them are bold, they will tell you, this is what happened, and I want justice. It is wrong for the father to have done this, and I'm willing to walk through the process. Despite the fact that families will call, even the mother of the, of the, of the, of the wife will call and say, no, you do want to, um, Send your husband to jail. And she's saying, I'm not doing this for my husband. I'm for doing it for my child. child and for posterity's sake. But I must say, that is a difficult position. But wives, parents are willing to speak out. So how can the parents preserve their child from being abused? So we have what we call the, the five steps that we actually talk about to ensure that our children are not abused. So we tell them, number one is, you learn the fact. So if you learn the fact about child sexual abuse, you'll be able to respond adequately. You learn the fact to know that children are likely to be abused by family members. Children don't speak up. So some parents say, why did my child? They will never. Basically because the perpetrator would have told the child, and the child would believe, I'll kill your parents, I'll kill your sisters if you dare report. So when you learn the fact, you're able to respond properly. The second one is, Minimize the opportunity for the abuse to occur. At every point in time, at the back of your mind, where is my child? Is my child likely to be abused? So while your child is in school, ask the school authority, do you have a child protection policy to ensure that my children are not abused? Do you have where my child can report if the child has a concern? Is there a child protection officer in the school? So these are steps of minimizing the, uh, the opportunity for the abuse to occur. So for example, if you have adult maids taking care of your children you can pop in on an house you you have you you don't have a regular regimen such that the house help will be able to predict okay this woman is not going to come between four and five but let the, the house help or whoever is taking care of the um, the um, um, the person taking care of the child know that this woman can come at any point in time and basically because of that the the nannies will not misbehave so if that is you minimize the opportunity for the abuse to occur, then you open up communication. So we say, um, talk about it. Not just talking about um, the child sexual abuse. You ensure that the child can come to you at any point in time. You discuss any issue with you. So when you talk about it, they also look at the child as age appropriate discussions with your child. You need to tell the child at this point in time. So how do you talk to your child about sexual abuse? A two year old child. You learn to say, this is your mouth. Mm. It's called the private part by their names such that when anybody touch, so some uh, pedophile will tell the, 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 the child is sweet, 
they call the penny sweet and to us you give it its name so if the child comes and say mommy um uncle this gave me sweet sweet maybe the um the spam and because she doesn't know the name she just keep calling the wrong name telling you the information but you, the, the parent may never even know that this is what the child is saying hmm. so that's why i said so you ensure that um you talk about it the fourth one is learning the facts okay so children that are subject to abuse would give you the fact will give you the sign but if you are not careful enough you would not know so when a child dies usually gentle becomes aggressive or um, have suicidal tendency always running from home the child is being rude to a particular adult those are signs i'm not saying with the abuse occur, but those are signs you need to really look out for that this child may have been the child become rebellious the child looks back at you so the child feels that my parents should be able to know if i'm sexually abused that's oh, a psych okay. and so they become rebellious they are like telling you mommy look at me i'm being sexually abused but they don't know that their parents are not god they can't say exactly or know when the child is being abused but it is until you look at those signs that you begin to know so for so example when you have the child display um itself inappropriately the child's is unduly attached to, to pictures of penis, vagina. Those are signs that the child may be sexually abused. So once you look out for it, you learn the fact, immediately you see. So a child that never used to bedwitch, suddenly bedwitch. Those are signs. So for example, a child that has nightmares and is always screaming. Try, so you would notice from the nightmare, maybe the child is already alone, screaming, running, trying to, to escape from that offensive uh, environment so those are so you learn the fact then number five is you react responsibly don't blame the child some parents are in the habit of saying you didn't tell me and they start beating the child because the perpetrator had told them and children believe that I will kill you if you ever tell anybody i'll kill your mother kill your sister kill your daddy and the truth is children are very very protective they love especially when they love their parents they do it innocently and sincerely so you tell them i'm killing your parents if you ever tell them they rather suffer so these are those steps once you take those steps hopefully would have um, reduced the opportunity for it to occur 90 percent and so you have done your best but even at that some people still abuse children despite the fact that you put in place um, this kind of structure so in homes some parents put in um, put the cctv camera well, some of them are too tired to watch hmm. so we've seen where they put the cctv camera and the child has discharge and the parent is like no this child can't be abused i've put in place all the all the measures to ensure that this child is adequately protected do you know that we've had about five cases that they then went back to look at the cctv camera and it was glaring at them there that the child was sexually abused a nanny was in the habit of moving the child to the restroom because for privacy they would not put on the cctv camera and that is where the nanny was perpetrating the the wickedness it was defiling the, the the two children so depending on what you do so those five steps very important i'll quickly say it again learn the facts minimize the opportunity for the abuse to occur, uh, talk about it, uh, um, learn the sign, then the fifth one, react responsibly. When you react responsibly, you call the necessary professionals to provide intervention 
for the children. So, for example, we learn the factory report to appropriate authorities. Seek help. Reach out to people that can provide counseling for you as an adult. Mm -hmm. What to do? How do you respond to cases of child sexual abuse? Discussing with family members that are likely yeah. tell you that you don't you want to expose your child, yeah. you want yeah. to destroy the child image and all. Thank you so much. You. Like I'm, I'm so happy to have you here. You've shared a whole lot. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for watching. I'm sure you grab a lot from what she said. As a parent, it is our responsibility to protect our children. Has your child ever been molested and they don't want to speak up? Please do that now. Think about the child. How is it going to affect the child in the long run? I'm sure you're going to do what is right. Speak up. I'll see you next time on Beans Power with Tomei Lobite. And bye for now. Hey there, have you subscribed? Please remember to subscribe to this channel.